Hey everybody, we are doing things a little different with tonight's guest. While this person is not a tennis professional or coach per se, this guest does definitely have a tennis background. This guest has been a senior athletics department administrator for over 40 years at various universities and sports organizations serving in a variety of roles. He's served as a media liaison for the U.S. Olympic Committee at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles and at three USOC national sports festivals. He's had senior positions in athletics at Iona, Georgetown, the NCAA, UConn, and for the past 16 years, the University of Kansas. He's only a couple months away from his retirement, and we are fortunate to have him on with us tonight. Please welcome to the pod, Jim Marcioni. Jim, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, very busy schedule and agreeing to walk us through with uh, some of your amazing experiences. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to, uh, this, will, this will be my first podcast, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, there's a first for everything, right? So as you know, um, this is a tennis podcast and I, I actually know you do have quite the tennis background. And actually, when I was in Lawrence a, f- a few weeks ago, I saw you hitting on one of the practice courts, and I'll just say, you, you still got it, Jim. <laughs> I wish I had it like I had it back then, but, uh, but I still love to play. And, and uh, uh, one thing I haven't gotten around to is, is having the coaches at, at KU giving me, give me a lesson on my forehand. If I had a, if I had a couple of forehand lessons, um, I'd really have it. Well, I mean, I think you, I, I think you know the coaches pretty well. I think they can hopefully. They, they're a little busy right now, but but in a couple of weeks, they they may be able to squeeze you in. And they've they've offered. You know, I just haven't been smart enough to take them up on it. <laughs> so um, seriously, you do have quite the tennis background. Talk a little bit about um, you growing up with the sport and some of your accomplishments in the sport. Well, uh, I started playing because. Uh, we belonged, as, as, when I was a kid, uh, our family belonged to a swimming and, and tennis club um, uh, in Westchester County in, in New York, just a, about a half hour north of New York City. And, and um, my father played, and I, my, my, one of my first jobs as a kid was taking care of those tennis courts at the club and signing people in to play. And, and uh, so I just... I just really grew to, to love the sport. I kind of self-taught, really. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't take lessons when I was a kid, uh, but I, I, uh, I hit the ball against the cement backboard for, for, a while, for a while, trying to imitate pros that I loved. I, I, you know, I loved watching Bob Lutz, for example. Nobody, nobody remembers Bob Lutz, great doubles player with Stan Smith, but I, he was one of my favorite players for some reason. And uh, so I imitate my favorite players hitting the ball against the against the cement wall, and then I started playing and, and uh, played in high school. My older brother played, so naturally I wanted to play. <clears throat> and uh, played in high school, and and uh, went then uh, then went to St. Bonaventure University and 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 played there. I really went to St. Bonaventure to study journalism and. Uh, uh, it wasn't on any kind of athletic scholarship or anything like that. Um, I, I just viewed tennis as a uh, as something that that was aside from from academics and extracurricular activity, and and uh, so I played throughout college, 
Got it. Well, you know, um, just just for the listeners to know, uh, one, I've seen him play, and two, he, he can hit the ball. And, hey, I mean, you, you were good enough to be in the St. Bonaventure Athletics Hall of Fame, so that is quite an accomplishment. So, um, like, like I said, you do have quite the tennis background, so thanks for, for sharing those experiences with us. Um, I want to kind of go a little bit more just into your background in general. Um, obviously, your career you've had a career um, filled working in, in sports and was that something as a kid that you had a love for did you know going into college that you wanted to do something with that um, we'll start there and then and then we'll kind of go into you know your first opportunity how that all came about post-college well um, I I always loved to write uh, and keep statistics. If, if my mother were still alive, she'd tell you that as a, as a kid in the neighborhood, we'd play baseball games and I'd be the one keeping statistics. So I, I exhibited this at a very early age uh, and remember reading the sports section as a very in the newspaper as a very young child. And um, uh, I really, I wanted to be a sports writer. That's what I thought I was going to do. Uh, through, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, into high school. Uh, uh, fortunately, I had a mother who drilled uh, grammar and vocabulary into the, the four of us. I have three brothers. <laughs> and uh, she was an old, she was an English major and, and uh, studied Latin and, and, and made sure we studied English and Latin. And, uh, so I have a really... I have a respect for the written word, and and I really thought I was going to be a sports writer. Uh, I remember in, in high school, uh, a couple of friends of mine and, and, and I started churning out a, uh, a one-page sports news, news, we called it a newspaper, it really wasn't a newspaper, but it was, it, it was kind of the news of that week, and uh, I remember that I was on the school newspaper at the time, and the moderator of the school newspaper told me I had to choose one or the other, uh, either the school newspaper or the, or the rag that I was putting out. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, I chose the rag that I was putting out. Good. Uh, so, uh, and it didn't last very long, but it was fun. And so I really thought that I, I was going to be a sports writer, and I, and I and at St. Bonaventure... Uh, I majored in journalism and wrote for the school newspaper and was on the, uh, I was, uh, during senior year, was station manager of the radio station, um, and, and was sports editor in the newspaper, uh, for, for a year. And, uh, just, that's what I was going to do, except when I, when I was standing in line for graduation, uh, the, the young lady in front of me said, you know, um, Iona's looking for somebody in their in their community relations office. Now, I, I grew up 20 minutes from Iona. And so, uh, so I, I already had an interview scheduled with a, with a newspaper in, in Westchester County. But, I, but when I drove home from graduation, the next day I drove my resume over to Iona uh, and make a long story short, I ended up getting the job at Iona. Uh, and that set me on the college athletics career that, that, that I 
And and who was the basketball coach at Iona? <laughs> the basketball coach at Iona was Jim Valvano. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you talk about riding somebody's coattails. I mean, uh, I, I, I got to... Uh, to Iona uh, in the uh, in the summer of 1976, and a couple of years later, uh, Jim Jim had been there a year already, uh, and two years later, uh, Iona was in the NCAA tournament, and and so um, he was making big things happen even even at Iona back then, and he went from Iona to North Carolina State. And uh, obviously, won a national championship there. So, one of the great, right? One of the greatest upsets in history. And uh, that was in 1983. And I remember, uh, I was eight years old. I remember watching it. And and for those listeners, I know you, everyone has seen bits and pieces of it. If you have a chance, listen to his whole speech. You can get it on any YouTube or whatever. But 1993, um, his his speech at the ESPYS. I know you've heard. Um, people have heard bits and pieces of it listen to it from beginning to end i try to educate myself by listening to a lot of coaches speak um to that to this day that is the best speech i've ever heard and i've heard a lot of really good coaches speak um whoever is in second it's a distant second because it's that good of a speech and um you know people it it was amazing you know when you think about what he was going through as he gave that speech uh you know, the cancer was was really uh, at a debilitating stage, and 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 I know even that day, um, you know, everyone around him uh, was unsure that he could right. Give he was sick. He was actually sick during that day, and they had to care. It, it was just unbelievable. They said, yeah. "I think yeah. I think Sonny Vaccaro said it was something on thirty for 30, I said. God put words in Jimmy's mouth that night, and and he sure did because it was so so good and so special, and everybody can take something from that speech. Um, it, it's just phenomenal. No notes. No notes. No notes. It was incredible. It really was. So you were blessed to, in your first, in, you know, your first stop. You see a guy like Jim Valvano. You then move on to Georgetown. Uh, John Thompson, I'll, I'll let you go with that one. Right, I mean, I mean, uh, that was uh, 1979. The uh, late August of 79 is when I uh, arrived at Georgetown. Uh, the Big East had just been formed that month. ESPN went on the air ten days later. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, the, 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 if you've seen the Big East. 30 for 30. You talk about 30 for 30. Watch the Big East 30 for 30 on ESPN. It is it is absolutely spot on in every respect, uh, particularly at the beginning of you know, the beginning years of the Big East. ESPN was such a, a big part of 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 the of the Big East and and uh, you know Big Monday. And, uh, it was amazing. You know, it, it was it was amazing. The first the, when when the Big East was formed, they had Georgetown, uh, St. John, Syracuse in the top ten in the country yep. in basketball, and and it just took off from there. And uh, they, obviously, the brainchild of Dave Gavitt, 
um, who who uh, who knew exactly what he was doing, and and it changed. It really changed basketball and, to a large degree, college sports forever. Uh, without a doubt. Now you have some of those studs, stud players in the early 80s actually coaching those teams and Patrick Ewing at Georgetown up until this year. Uh, right. Chris, Mullen, Chris Mullen at St. John's. It was pretty wild seeing that. Right. You know, I, I started to say I, I got there in 79 and uh, Patrick Ewing came a year later and, and Eric Sleepy Floyd was there already and, and John Dern and Craig Shelton and a bunch of great players and and Georgetown went to three Final Fours in four years. Yeah, and uh, just uh, it, to me, and, and again, I, I, I said before riding coattails. Well, I mean, I just uh, I was there for the for it all, just just watching and learning uh, every day. Awesome, so so cool. So then you leave Georgetown and you actually go work for the NCAA, and you were there for a long period of time. Um, how how was that compared to just working at you know one school? Uh, it's different. It, it, it was great. Um, I spent 18 years at the NCAA. Uh, I was uh, the uh, contact with the media uh, locally and nationally, but I was also in charge of, of uh, the television production that we did back then, NCAA productions. And, and, and people, you know, it, it, it seems far-fetched now, but back then, the... Uh, the, the whole NCAA tournament was not on network television. Right. There were there were two there were two games in the first round that were on network television, and they were at eleven thirty at night Eastern time <laughs> from the from the West Coast. All the other games, all the other thirty games of the, the first round of the NCAA tournament were televised by NCAA Productions and syndicated around the country. And, and the great thing about the, the timing of all this was that that ESPN just took those telecasts off the satellite and aired them all. And uh, but but it was NCAA Productions that was producing every single one of those games. And uh, that you talk about an education for me. Um, that that was an education. I'm uh, sure. And it was terrific. It was so professionally fulfilling because you know you'd, you'd, I used to have go to ESPN on for the first Thursday and Friday uh, of the tournament, so I could kind of monitor all the telecasts from one place. And um, you know, Thursday at noon Eastern Time, everybody was where they were supposed to be. The trucks were there. The announcers were there. Uh, everybody was where they were supposed to be, and it was it was the biggest uh, sense of professional fulfillment that I had felt, uh, in, you know, to that point. Yeah, and um, you were there during a time where obviously it started smaller than obviously to where it is now. So you saw that production go from, you know, little to tremendous, <laughs> huge as it yeah, is today. And, and I I couldn't have done I couldn't have done it without a lot of help from a lot of really talented people who knew more than I did, believe me. Uh, but but then, you know, you know, CBS decided that they were going to do the whole tournament. And so so that started in 1990 or 91, I can't remember which, but, but um, 
and now you have where you know you can watch every every single game on your TV, your phone, whatever, your tablet. Uh, so it really has uh, grown exponentially since those days. Absolutely. So you had a great tenure there, and then you go back into the college environment again. You then go to UConn. Um, and yeah. now ultimately at KU, but we'll start at we'll start at UConn. So you decide to leave the NCAA and you go to Connecticut. Well, um, a friend of mine from college, Tom McElroy, was the was at that point the uh, number two uh, person at, at UConn, and you know it's amazing. And I tell and I tell the story to classes that I speak to at KU. Tom McElroy was the guy in 1976 that when I went into my interview in Iona, the guy that was doing the hiring in Iona called Tom McElroy to check up on me, to, to, to get a reference. And I had worked for Tom as a student, and, and now, how many years later, I uh, uh, even uh, 26 maybe, <laughs> UConn, and he came out uh, to Indianapolis, where, where the NCAA was at the time, and talked to me about coming to to, uh, to UConn, and I and I and I went um, because as great as the experience was at the NCAA, and it was great. Um, there is something to be said for being on a campus, interacting with student athletes and young people every day at the NCAA or the conference office and it's great working in, in both those areas but you're looking at it from more of a 30,000 foot level right? and you forget and I found myself and I, you, you forget, when you're working in a conference or the NCAA you forget how great it is to win and how tough it is to lose and you don't have that range of emotions um, and and uh, I absolutely, I, I saw it in you when we were together watching the tennis program. I mean, it, you're, you're absolutely right. That sense of excitement, that high you get when you win, and that you know, utter disappointment when you lose. And when you're in more of a corporate environment, you're not attached to any one specific team. Um, like you said, you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Uh, totally get what, get what you're saying. You know, the, the, the old uh, wide world sports, a thrill of victory and the agony defeat, you don't, you don't experience that. It had been, it had been uh, 18 years yep. since I had experienced it. And uh, so that's why I went to UConn. Obviously had a good tenure there at UConn. And then in 2003, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the lore of Lawrence, Kansas, took you, uh, took you all the way to uh, KU. And we are so happy that you came here because uh, you've been here now, what, over 16 years? Almost sixteen. Almost years. sixteen years. Uh, you know, when we went to when I went to UConn, uh, we, we it was kind of a family decision because UConn was uh, two hours from from where we both grew up. My wife and I both grew up, and and um, so we thought it was really coming home, and we thought we were going to be there for a long time. Um, but twelve months, maybe even less, twelve months after after I got to. Uh, UConn, the athletic director at UConn, took the job, shocked everybody, took the 
job as the AD at Kansas and asked me to come with him. And we jumped at the chance because we loved living in Kansas. It's a, it is a terrific place to live, a, a, a really great quality of life, great people. Um, and uh, our son was able to go back and uh, go back to school with his old buddies who he had left uh, when, when, uh, when we went from when the NCAA moved from Kansas City to Indianapolis in 1999. So uh, four years later, he was able to come back, rejoin his old buddies at his same school, and he was thrilled, and, and we were thrilled for him. And, you know, we had known KU because uh, the NCAA at that point, you know, uh, in the earlier, uh, earlier days was, was really just 40 minutes away from KU. Right. So, so we knew some people there. Uh, it, it was just a no-brainer. And uh, 16 years, yeah, almost 16 years later, and you're you're almost about to retire from there. So, um, I mean, I, I, I want to kind of ask you, you, you kind of talked about how great it is living there and how great the people are, and you don't have to convince me. Uh, full disclosure, people know this, but if you're new listening to this podcast, I, I went to Kansas, so... Uh, just want to disclose that, that I do have a bias towards this university. Um, you know, it, talk about the best parts of KU. I, I also want to ask you about 2008, because 2008, I don't know if you've ever been a part of something like that. When I say 2008, it was really the sports season of 2007, 2008. We go, we win a BCS Orange Bowl, and then what? What is it? Four months later, we win a national championship in basketball. Had you ever been a part of something like that before? No, neither one of them. Uh, you know, and that, that was a tremendous, tremendous year. Uh, we, we, uh, we had a great year, football season 2007, and um, uh, as you said, went to the Orange Bowl and won it. Uh, I don't know that there were many people, people who, who expected us to win, uh, but we did. Uh, and it was and it was just a great performance all year long. A great performance by the coaching staff and the team, and and then as you said, uh, every March, April. So three, three, actually three months later, right. turn around and win the national championship in basketball uh, with a game that that no basketball fan will forget. Uh, you know, Mario Chalmers tying it at the buzzer. With a three and and, uh, and we're down nine with two minutes and twelve seconds left. Right, right. Uh, my son was actually at that point a uh, junior at KU, and he was spending that semester in Spain. And you know, he he, he called home just before the final four. I think he was trying to get us to offer to fly him <laughs> right. to San Antonio from Spain for the final four. And, that was not happening. <laughs> Instead, he was running up and down the streets of, of Rondo, Spain, uh, after uh, uh, after after we won that game. Won. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I I happened to be in San Antonio, and as a fan, that was the best. You know, two. 
two, it was three days, obviously. We won Saturday and then we won Monday night. And San Antonio, what a great place to host any big sporting event like that because you have the Riverwalk area. There's so many bars and restaurants, and you can walk to the Alamo Dome. It's just a perfect place to have a huge event like that. It's my favorite place. Yeah. So let's, again, tie this back um, because we are a tennis podcast and we have some extremely exciting uh, tennis going on in Lawrence, Kansas. And to timestamp this podcast, this is a week after the Kansas women's team won the Big 12 in a very, very exciting weekend. Um, It's a week after that, the NCAA tournament selection show of where they're going to be um, posting is... Uh, tomorrow night so i'm hoping to release this pod sometime in the next few days but just we don't know any ncaa tournament stuff yet other than the fact that our squad is going to be ready and fired up to go and i've been privileged enough to get to know both coach chapman and coach lily um, pretty well they do an unbelievable part of um having people associated with the school feel a part of of what they're building and and what they're building here each step of the way has been incredible. And I know you you were really instrumental in bringing Coach Chapman to the University of Kansas. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I am the uh, sport administrator for tennis at FKU, and um, we were in the market for a new coach uh, six years ago and um, had a lot of, I thought, were good applicants. Uh, Todd stood out uh, and and had great recommendations and was was terrific in the, in the one-on-one situation with with our athletic director and, and myself and he laid out uh, a plan and he said that I, I'm going to get this done we're going to get this done and um, you know it's it's funny No, 1996 was the Big Eight. Jayhawk Tennis Center, the, the, the matches were indoors, 
because of uh, high, consistently high winds. So it was indoors. There were over 400 people there, um, and they were into it. And and uh, it was just it was one of the one of the high really one of the highlights of my career. Just being there watching. It. What what I'm most impressed with with the coaching staff is you know they don't skip steps you you have to build this up year by year step by step by step by step and you know when you do that you have to go through some tough experiences just to kind of get to that next step and um, you know it's all a process and I even talked to to Caroline during the year when we lost to Oklahoma State the ITA kickoff we lost four three to Texas I'm like it's going to be okay. The girls have to experience this. You and Todd are preparing them every single day for this. The girls have to experience this. And when we're going to play them later in the season, when it really counts, it's going to go our way. And, and you just sometimes have to go through those tough experiences. We, you know, we, we weren't in the NCAA tournament. Then we get to the NCAA tournament. We, we lose a tough one. We get to the NCAA tournament the following year. We lose another tough one. We get to it again last year. We finally get over that hump. We win a first round. Now we play this year. This year we have an unbelievable senior class. We actually win the Big 12. And now, you know, we're all excited to see what happens in the NCAA coming up. How much players and coaches want to speed up this process, unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't work like that. And at the end of the day, that, it, it's short-term pain for long-term gain, basically, is how I look at it. Well, and you talked about the getting to the tournament the first couple of years. We those first two years, both times we played with only five players uh, instead of six. Right, and we and we had match points in both those meets. That's how close it was. At match points in both uh, both years to to win anyway, and and so it is a process. And, and last year was was. We're all so excited, and we can't, you know, we can't wait to see where this journey goes. And it's been incredible watching, watching this, uh, watching both Coach Chapman and Coach Lilly take this program to, um, you know, the the rightful place where where Kansas tennis should be. So, thank you for hiring Coach Chapman, and thank you, Coach Chapman, for hiring. I think one of the best assistant coaches in the country. Um, <laughs> we're excited. We can't wait. Oh, I'm I'm sure. You know. Absolutely. So um, we've been talking, you know, over 30 minutes now, and I, I so greatly appreciate your time. Um, before we wrap up, I, I just kind of I, I want to ask you because you've had some you've had an amazing career and congratulations on your upcoming retirement. 
you know, it, you're getting in, you're getting into the to, to graduation season. And any advice for college grads, young professionals? I know you said you, you know, you're at the right place at the right time. You met some unbelievable people. Um, you know, there is some luck involved, but but you also have worked very very hard as well. Um, do you have any advice to give to these young professionals trying to get uh, started in a career in sports? Well, what, what I tell uh, classes when on campus here um, is is you've got to get started early. You can't wait till your senior year and then and then, uh, and then try to to um, start wondering what you're what you're going to do when you graduate uh, nine months later. Uh, you've got to start um, start in high school, you know, working and trying to find, even if it's a volunteer position, whatever. Get a get do things right. Uh, get on the get on the radio station, or, or you know, work in work in uh, public relations uh, area in, in in athletics. When when you get to when you get to college, go into the sports information. Uh, director's office and say, "Hey, I, I want to work," or go go to the campus newspaper and say, "I, I want to work. I want to write," um, and and start building your resume right then and there. Because the the first job you get is going to be because of who you know, not necessarily what you know. I mean, I tell kids all the time, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather hire somebody with a 2.8 GPA and and lots of extracurricular activities than somebody with a 3.7 who hasn't done anything. Right. And and so I, I just think it's very important to meet people, get experience, learn. Don't worry about how much you're making uh, in college. You, you're you're trying you're trying to build a resume so that you can prepare yourself for when you walk out the door. Oh, that's that's great, great advice. And Jim, I just wanted to again thank you so much. You've had an unbelievable career um, working in the sports industry. You've had met some amazing, amazing people, and I know we can talk for hours about all those experiences. And you absolutely deserve all the accolades coming your way. And you, uh, I wish you the best of luck. Enjoy your impending uh, retirement in a, in a few months. But before that, we, we still got some uh, Kansas sports teams that, that can uh, accomplish a, a, some special, special things before that retirement date uh, comes up, hopefully. That's right. We're, we're, we're counting on some, some more success over the next few months. Thanks a lot, Jim. I really appreciate it, and best of luck. All right, David. Thank you. Good night. Again, that was Jim Marcioni, Associate Athletics Director currently at the University of Kansas. Such a great, great guy. He's had amazing, amazing experiences during his career in the sports industry, and we really appreciate Jim for spending time with us tonight. Thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned for another guest in the near future. Thanks. Thanks.